Welcome to A Look Through the Lens, a psionics podcast. Welcome to A Look Through the Lens. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Sports is really an interesting part of a lot of our lives. Uh, As kids, we play sports for fun um, and friendship, hanging out with our buddies. As we get a little bit older, we start to get a little more competitive. We take it a little more seriously. And for the extremely rare few, you actually get to play that sport as a professional athlete. There is a common thread through that progression, and that is your gear usually keeps getting better and more advanced technologically the older you get and the more serious you take the sport. Well, there's also an inverse, what I feel is a de-evolution that takes place, and that is the amount of fun that you have. Very rarely do you see a professional athlete that has as much fun as, say, I don't know, Ken Griffey Jr., who just celebrated his 50th birthday. That guy always looked like he was having fun, no matter what level of baseball he was playing. Well, my guest today has also managed to make it his entire life, and he hasn't lost the love of the thing he gets to do, but now he gets to do it for a living, so it's a win-win all over the place. I am, of course, talking about Captain James Marco. He's a charter captain and TV host for GoliathFishing.com. Captain James, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Do you remember the first time you went fishing? Oh, yeah. 100%. I remember even catching what type of fish it was. Do you have just as much fun now as you did then? I mean, it's a job now. So, you know, work work is fun. Um, but the opportunities that I keep getting right now have just made my job so interesting. And each day is just totally different, you know, and that's what's what I'm loving about my career right now with doing a TV show and chartering and the research every day has just been something new. I've been fishing more than a few times in my life. How different is a day of fishing for you than something I'm probably used to? Um, I would say the grind is a little bit different. You know, I'm out on the water a little bit earlier than most trying to get the best bait for my clients. I feel like since they're paying me to be on the water, I need to be the best charter captain I can be on the water. Um, you know, it starts with a 5 a.m. wake up. Um, we get out there, pitch black. We start finding the bait. We start chumming the bait up. Then we get the boat cleaned again for the clients. And we get ready for a fun-filled day of fishing. I guess the big difference between me and you is you get the fish. You know, I got to put the clients on the fish. Oh, gosh, that's got to be frustrating. You know, it, it is. But when clients are getting a catch of a lifetime like they do with me, it makes it all worth it. And it also makes you a teacher. So you get that sort of fulfillment. Yeah, I mean, teaching people about the research side and the fishery is very fulfilling. You know, people are very awed. Um, it helps me as a human feel like I'm doing my part for my fishery to educate clients. Now, you mentioned bait. I'm curious, what kind of bait do you use for a fish as big as the ones that you normally catch? On my charters, we like to start from the bottom of the food chain and work your way up. Um, generally, we're starting with white bait, thread fins, pinfish, shrimp, somewhere along those lines. And then we're targeting species that the Goliath grouper or the sharks would like. That would be anywhere from Jack Crevel, stingrays, ladyfish, bluefish, Spanish. Um, there's quite a variety. But generally, I like to start small, get up to a big bait, generally in the 20 to 30 inch range. 
and then throw that down for uh, you know anywhere from three to five hundred pound fish. So you have to use bait to catch the bait to use as bait for the ultimate goal. Now you're getting it. Wow, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it is, but at the same time, it's a lot of fun. For me, it's a lot of work, but the client just you know, they get the experience from top to bottom and same with the viewers now and how we're filming our show. We really do show it from top to bottom. Now, as someone who grew up in the, in the Southeast, I just naturally assumed you're using, you know, like me, you're using biscuit dough or stink bait or something, but you're a little more advanced than I am. I think my stink bait's a little fresher than y'all's, you know? I'm curious because your day does start super early. How do the TV cameras change your approach to the day? We actually work with a company right now called Psionics. They are a they're a manufacturer in night vision cameras, and it's really made us a just like a huge change. It's like someone flipped on a light switch is the only way I can describe it with this device. And it's allowed us to really capture those moments first thing in the morning with extreme low light. Can you give me two or three of the things about Psionics that you love the most? What is it that it really helps you do? Psionics, it's been one of those products that since I've had it in my hand, I've used it almost every single day. It's helped me on low light situations. And one of the things that's really cool is it helps me first thing in the morning, but it's also a camera. So they've gotten some great action shots in the middle of the day with this camera with sharks next to the boat, stuff like that. It's really just been one of those like ultimate GoPro type devices that keeps me safe on the water. If there's anything I can say about this device, it's a peace of mind, you know, knowing in the morning that I'm going to be able to see that channel marker or that piling or the concrete wall or the mangroves. There's so much out there that's in our path to get in our bait spot. And with this device, it just allows me to get there with a peace of mind, which is huge. It allows me to get to my bait sooner, allows me to get my trip started sooner. It really does help uh, everything move forward. And really, in your business, time is literally money. Without a doubt. I mean, every minute spent is money spent, without a doubt. Because it's not only time, but you're spending fuel, you're, you're putting wear and tear on your gear. You, don't, you, you probably can't afford to waste a nickel. Uh, in my business, you do count every nickel, that is for sure. When you talk about technology and fishing, there's so much science that goes into what you do. You're not just guessing. I would imagine that the technology helps you with all of those calculations, but at the same time, do you lose a little bit of the, of the surprise factor that normally is associated with fishing? I wouldn't say that, um, you know, fishing is still hunting, no matter how you look at it, you could have all the technology that you want. They can still give you that fish. The question is, are you going to make that fish eat? You know, and I think that's what really will separate the captains from the regular people is, yeah, we have all this technology in front of us to get us there. But the question is, can you make that fish eat? And that's where your real skill level comes in. Are you stocking it? Do you know fish are here around the corner? So no, I don't think the technology has taken the fun out of it. If anything, it's made it a lot more interesting for my clients because now I can show them visually, hey, this is what we're looking at. Do you see this? And they see these things that helps allow them to be a part of the experience, be a part of the hunt. Without giving away any secrets, can you give me sort of a rundown of what sort of prep and research? How much time do you have to put into a day of fishing before... The fishing part actually starts. Two to three hours. 
Really? Every day? Yeah. I mean, with the bait grind, with loading the boat up, getting the boat load up for the clients, checking the tides, wondering what situations I'm going to run into. Sometimes I'll, I'll leave myself half an hour in the morning to run through spots just to see if there's fish there. As a man who spent your life on the water, have you noticed a difference in where the fish are located, how easy or how difficult it is to find them? Are you noticing changes in the day-to-day out on the water? As great as fishing has become, um, which is huge, especially for the industry, it's allowed so many new beginning anglers allowed on the water. Yes, you've seen an influx, but I think more of the building and the construction and the residents with fertilizing issues and stuff like that, yeah, I think that's made an impact on the fishery. It's very tough these days to stop man from having his way is the best way I can put it. And yeah, it's tough. You know, our fisheries must definitely gone down, but I've seen that everywhere I've gone. You know, man has put his footprint down and every time he does, you know, it takes a little bit out of this earth. Now, you have quite a few world records to your credit. And I'm curious, is a Goliath, is that your favorite saltwater fish to catch? Or do you have another one that you would love to catch on your own time, but maybe it's not as commercially viable? Tarpon. Tarpon season, you can't keep me away. I'm nonstop fishing for tarpon when they're here. Um, The Goliath, yeah, it's been great research. Um, But, yeah. Mac, no. Hold on one second. Look. Look at Tim and the dog sitting on the cooler. There you go. James, uh, you're obviously working even as we speak, talking about you working. Uh, Yeah. We are actually in the middle of a photo shoot right now for one of our wonderful sponsors, Um, Hey, man, it never stops right now. You know, I'm getting it done, though. What are some of the cool things that you have learned specifically about Goliath fish in your time of research? Um, We found out a lot about how quick they move through the estuaries. I mean, we've tracked them up to seven miles up in the estuaries. Um, We've learned a good amount of deal about their habitat and their their actual uh, appetite. Uh, 90% of their diet is actually crustaceans, stingrays, stuff like that on the bottom. Um, They're not really the opportunist hunter that people think they are on the wrecks. Now, when you, st- when you talk about them moving through estuaries, are you talking about them transitioning through brackish water? Yep, and mangrove estuaries that, you know, holds a lot of brackish water. Wow, I thought that it was only like bullhead sharks or, you know, similar that could thrive in that environment. We really don't have the analysis done to give an exact answer because it is science. You know how science is. It's got to be 100% right. But uh, we're about 70 way percent through the study. And yeah, there's some cool things that are similar to the bull sharks. You mentioned three or 400 pounds. How close do you think you are to catching the theoretical maximal size for a group? I mean, the biggest one I've gotten up is 580 pounds. The world record was 584. So I'm, I'm pretty close. That's amazing. Now, uh, you mentioned math and science. There is a physical limit that nature imposes on the size of all animals, depending on the environment they live in. Land animals theoretically need, you know, specific muscle musculature to manage their weight to be able to move. And, and fish uh, have the ability to grow a little bit larger because of the buoyancy that the water provides to them. Um, have you ever seen a fish that scared you yeah i mean this past year we hooked into a great white that was almost 16 foot that was uh that was pretty scary what spf do you use spf 1000 what are you doing out there (laughs) oh no i'm just using the regular stuff spf 30 or 50 you spend all day out on the water 
let's take you to a day off. Are you just laid on the couch trying to stay inside or are you sneaking off somewhere to go bass fishing? Right now with all the filming we've got going on and everything, I'm, I'm trying just to have the body recover. You know, we're going 24 hours filming on a 40, 36 hour day and then the traveling, you're only getting a couple hours of sleep in between. It's been a, it's been a lot. Do you like seafood? No, actually. That's, I know that's shell shocking, but no. That was funny. I see what you did there. I see why you have a TV show. I get it. Uh, you know, I'm kind of witty. Give me some details on the show and how people can find it, because I definitely think they, they definitely have to check out what you're doing. We'll be airing on CBS Sports in March 2020 on Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock. We'll be there for about three and a half months. And then the whole show called Goliath Fishing will be streaming on Amazon Prime. Don't take this the wrong way, but you're not really a fisherman. You're, you're a researcher. You're actually documenting the recovery of this species. Yeah, um, and that's the one thing about my charters. A lot of my clients get to do the research with me. It's a new fish. We get to name it. You know, we take the measurements together. We take a anal fin clamp sample together to actually figure out the DNA. We're trying to figure out how many different families there are, how many Johnsons, Marcos, you know, Christophers, you know, just so many different families, and we're trying to figure out how many there are right now. That is amazing. That must surprise most people who meet you. What else surprises people about what you do on a daily basis? I would just say, you know, the amount of knowledge it takes just for one species. You know, you, you focus your life on several species and along then, you know, you miss out on other opportunities. So I think when people come with me, they really realize the experience I have on these fish. It has been an absolute pleasure today to get to talk to Captain James Marco. He is, of course, a charter captain, and he's the TV host for Goliath Fishing. And you can find more information about him and about the show on GoliathFishing.com. Captain James, thank you so much for taking the time today. This was really cool. And I'm going to go ahead and wish you luck in finding that 585-pound grouper sometime soon. Oh, you're a good guy, man. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for taking the time. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, this was a pleasure. This was an awesome podcast. Thank you.